welcome to the Really Useful Podcast. I'm Christian Corley, and with me this week is Ian Buckley. Hi, Ian, how are you doing? Hello, it's good to be back, Christian. I'm great, thanks. Yeah, so uh, a few things have happened in my life since I was on the podcast last, and so uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's very nice to be back. Excellent. Now, we're um, going to try something a little bit different this week. Normally, we cover a lot of different topics that will help you use tech in a more efficient, effective, and productive way. But this time, we're going to look at a very specific topic in the world of technology. Uh, it's something that's been around since 2012. Um, upwards of 15 million devices have been shipped. It's probably a good 5 million more than that by now. Um, it's the Raspberry Pi. This is a little device which is about the size of a credit card. It's a computer that you can use as a desktop computer, as I found out last week. I used it daily as a desktop, and it's a $35 PC, basically, because it, it did everything that I asked of it. Um, it can be used for hobbyist um, purposes. It can be used to develop your own low-budget space program. You can even use Raspberry Pi as a media center or for playing retro games. And the possibilities with this tiny computer are endless and it's so cheap. It's really relatively simple to set up. Um, but both Ian and myself have spent a lot of time with the Raspberry Pi, haven't we, Ian? Yeah, we have, yeah. Um, and the beauty of it is, um, is uh, we're both people that use the Raspberry Pi a lot. We've both written a lot about it. But there's a lot of, it's such an extensible little board that there's a lot of things that I would probably actually go to Christian to ask about because I don't really know so much about like to do with media centers and all that. And I'm sure there's a handful of things when it comes to the DIY side of it, you'd probably come to me about because I'm Certainly. more likely to be seen with a solder and iron in my hand than most other things. Um, they're, they're amazing little things. I, uh, uh, yeah, it was kind of odd, really. When I first heard about them, my initial reaction was probably like other people's, just kind of like, well, what's, what's the point in that? It's cool to have a yeah. tiny computer. And then, yeah, I got one and I fell in love immediately. I've got about six now. <laughs> yeah, I've collected a few over the years myself. And I think... The most amazing thing about it is that, yeah, it's $35, but there's also, yeah. that's just the standard version. There's actually a cheaper version, the Raspberry Pi Zero. Um, yeah. $35 is the, the standard B-board, um, which is the size of a credit card. The Raspberry Pi Zero, when it was first released, was available for, um, it, was, it was about £10 in the UK. It came free yeah. on the front cover. On the front cover of a magazine, yeah, uh, called called Magpie, which is published by the Raspberry Pi guys. Um, the Raspberry Pi Zero itself. I'm just going to double check what the current price is because uh, it's half the size. Uh, now here in the UK, you will be looking at four pounds sixty-five for Raspberry Pi Zero, which is incredible considering yeah. you can yeah you can run an operating system on that thing. Isn't you that, can do isn't that mad. Yeah, you can do most of the things you can do on a standard Raspberry Pi with yeah. that, which is wow. absolutely crazy, yeah. <laughs> now, um, one of the main uh, driving f forces for the Raspberry Pi's development was uh, to create an educational device. Mm. Uh, now, last, uh, about a fortnight ago, um, I was reviewing for makeuseof.com a device called the Piper Computer Kit. Mm. Now, that features a standard Raspberry Pi um, Model 3, uh, not the B+, just the 3B. And it comes with a display. It comes with uh, a breadboard. It comes with LEDs and uh, buzzers and switches and uh, sort of uh, two-state switches. 
And especially for children, it comes with the Minecraft, a special version of Minecraft, uh, which is basically mm. um, teaches the child how to connect things up, uh, teaches the child electronics. And it's a fantastic piece of... Uh, and it comes in a wooden box as well that you have to build. Oh, no, that's nice. I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the whole thing's really cool. Yeah. And uh, I think the possibilities for the Pyrandus. So what we're going to do in this week's podcast uh, is look at a handful of things that you can do with the Raspberry Pi. And, you know, this is the tech podcast for technophobes. And we're not going to go deep, complicated with this. We're just going to give you a demonstration, a verbal demonstration of what is possible with this little computer. And you'll find that it's not that much different to what you can do with a standard computer, where everything's just scaled down. Mm. Uh, so we're going to kick off with, uh, I think, the basics, which is installing the, an operating system on the Raspberry Pi. Because with a PC, you probably come with the Raspberry with the operating system pre-installed or with the laptop comes pre-installed with the raspberry pi you have to install it yourself on the sd card mm. now this is something that makes people run a mile fortunately there's a really way to really easy way to do this which is with a tool called etcher which you can get from etcher.io and as ever um with the really useful podcast uh, all the information that you need will be found in the show notes uh, now etcher.io is basically you connect you download the operating system, you connect your SD card to your computer via card reader, you launch etcher.io, and everything else is self-explanatory. You select the operating system that you've downloaded from maybe from the uh, raspberrypi.org website, and then you burn it to the SD card. It is that simple. Yeah, Etcher is um, Etcher's lovely in that it does... Um... It, it kind of fits nicely with the tone of this podcast in general, because uh, there are lots of pieces of software that can do exactly what Etcher does. But Etcher is very simple. If I remember correctly, um, it has three buttons. One is uh, enter operating system and two is choose drive and three is go. Um, and so really, the only way that you could muck it up is if you chose the wrong drive to put your operating system on. And that's something that they very, uh, uh, if I remember again correctly, they uh, say, are you absolutely sure this is the right drive? Check the size, all this kind of stuff. Um, and uh, it's the, the other thing I noticed, and I think this uh, this is kind of a, a, an odd thing, but I um, I used to have to put operating systems on, on the Pi quite frequently because I'd usually start with a fresh one when I made a tutorial. And um, when I started using Etcher, I also bought a dedicated little SD card reader, USB 3, that would click, uh, attach to my computer. And the speed that you can put an operating system onto a card with one of those is phenomenal. I've mm -hmm. been using something, a really old one, for a while. Um, and uh, that's sort of a, a, a slight tip, which is those those USB 3 SD card readers that you can get for just a few dollars. Um, they're really, they really make a difference if you've been using oh. an old piece of hardware or something. Um, good tip, good tip. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's basically, you, you're probably going to have the Raspberry Pi set up in a few minutes. Now, you'll probably need a keyboard to use with it and a display. There yes. are other things that you can do. You can connect to it remotely, and that's more of an advanced thing. I mean, I'm at the moment, I'm uh, working on an article, um, an update to an older article on how to use a Raspberry Pi as a web server. Um, Indeed. Again, credit card-sized computer, low power, can be used as a web server. Yes. And it, and it costs $35. <laughs> It's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. It's it's still <laughs> it's still amazing, you know, seven years on. Uh, now, you'll probably find that there's a lot of articles 
on makeusof.com about the Raspberry Pi. I have written over 100. Yeah, I don't think I'm quite up there yet, but I've certainly written a good handful. I was just yeah. just having a, a kind of sip through before we did the uh, uh, before we started the recording, and uh, I think out of all of my tutorial articles, about a good half of them are um, are Pi, uh, mm. and the other half obviously are Arduino. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I and I don't feel like I've scratched the surface. There's so much more I could write about. Same here. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Totally. So we're going to have a look at some things that have been published recently about the Raspberry Pi at MakeUseOf.com, and the first one is probably should yeah we'll go with that one it demonstrates how you can record and stream live tv with this tiny computer yes uh, now you will need a external additional device connected to it um it is a a, a tuner for, for uh, receiving uh signals over the area it's what's called a hat and it sits atop the raspberry pi's uh, gpio and can be attached to the pi and then you connect your usual um, TV aerial to that and then the software called TV head end which you can use with the tuner to um, watch TV on the mm. Pi now the fact that it will has expansions is cool enough and there's so many different types of hats for the Raspberry Pi but the fact you can actually use it for TV yeah that's kind of amazing isn't it yeah. <laughs> most things these days are kind of how to how to stream how to set up uh, media servers and uh, uh, as with all of those things I think um, there, there can be issues with locality and there can also be issues with legality whereas TV is yeah. relatively simple um, yeah and uh, uh, yeah that's it's a really nice uh, it's a really nice little thing the uh, the hat itself because it means also that technically anything that uses that kind of aerial can be used so um, even your old video player if you wanted to if you wanted to record your digitize your old videos you could use this exact same piece of kit yeah um, which is a nice kind of side effect to, uh, yeah. to, to doing it. It's, it's, a, it's a great thing. And j just to clarify, the GPIO that I referred to earlier, that's a collection of pins along the side of the Raspberry Pi, um, and various things can connect to it. You can connect anything to that, really, uh, any device mm. you can uh, run with Linux, you can probably connect to that. And it can also be used, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the, um, the, the, the Piper computer kit, the GPIO pins are used for um, the buzzers and connecting to the breadboard, uh, creating basic circuits and uh, oh you should have seen the look on my little boy's face when he made put two wires together and made a noise in the game oh it's amazing yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's, uh, it's, oh, i still get that feeling and i'm very very much looking forward to elliot being old enough to uh, to do that with him yeah, totally. uh, yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's a fantastic feeling isn't it um it is, it is. i, I would this... say this yeah, go on. Sorry, go on. Yeah, well, this one thing I was just simply going to say is this article uh, kind of highlights what we were saying before. I know we're probably going to come on to this, so I don't want to speak about it too much. But uh, as you mentioned at the start, the Pi can be used as a general media server. You could technically replace, you know, your, your set-top box or, or whatever in your living room with a Pi. And this is the bit that really closes the circle to me, is that, you, you know, we've had ways you can install Plex servers on a Pi. You can use it as your own version of Netflix. Being able to also put, you know, live television into that too really does get it up to the point where if you wanted to, if you were DIY minded enough, you could more or less replace your television service and build your own one from scratch using a computer yeah. that costs, you know, 35 quid. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've previously looked into ways of, um, as you say, Plex, um, running Netflix and Amazon Prime on the Raspberry Pi. So, yeah, yeah. I would go along with all of that. What I wanted to say about this particular article, how to record mm -hmm. and stream live, live TV with the Raspberry Pi, is that Ben's done it inside a thousand words? Yeah, it's a five-minute read. It's you know it can 
Raspberry Pi stuff can get in depth and absolutely very can quickly. take a long time. This is a five minute read mm. and all the steps that you need, all the commands that you need, and all the software that you need are included in yep. this article. It's a superb job and it just shows you how simple uh, things can be with the Pi. Yeah, we're going to move on because we we kind of need to. Um, yes, we've mentioned we've mentioned. Yeah, well, we've mentioned the Plex Media Server, and so I don't think we're going to dwell on that too much. Basically, you'll surf Plex um, around your home. So if you've got Plex and you've got a lot of information on a media server, like videos, personal videos, stuff that you've downloaded, we're not going to ask you from where, you can stream that to any device that you can run Plex on. So that's that you know you might have had something from a long time ago you can also stream games with a raspberry pi yes this is something i've never even attempted to do before but this excites me because yeah, yeah. my no, desktop this, sits in the corner and i would be just this, uh, this raspberry mm. pi here um which mm. the, the the viewer cannot see but ian mm. can is um i've got two little lego men on it's a lego case mm. and although it doesn't need to be dedicated for that task because it can do other things as well. Uh, this is the one I've got set aside to use as a Steam Link box. Yes. Because that's essentially what this is. Um, Steam, the um, video game downloads um, digital dis distribution service, uh, released a thing called the Steam Link box a few years ago. And they released it, I think it was about 30 quid when it first came out. By the time they cancelled it a few weeks ago, it's about five quid a time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not very much at all, but you can, they've, uh, basically what it is, is the Steam software on your computer can be used to stream the game that you're playing through the Steam link box to your HDMI TV. This same uh, dynamic has been re replicated with uh, Android devices, so you can now stream mm. direct to an Android uh, tablet or phone, which is something I've looked at last year and make use of. You'll find that in the show notes. And... It's now been um, there's now been a version released that will run on the Raspberry Pi, which basically turns the Raspberry Pi into the Steam Link box, which basically means they don't need to release a Steam Link box anymore. Yeah, the Pi will do the job. Mm. And not only though, not only can you stream Steam games with the Raspberry Pi, you can stream anything from your PC at one end of your house to your TV at the other end of the house via a Raspberry Pi. Yes. That's, uh, that, it, again, that really makes a, a large difference. It kind of comes back around to the same media server thing. It doesn't matter what you're watching. If you want to stream it, you can use the Pi as the box in between, which is, uh, which is fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it, it is relatively simple to set up as well. I wouldn't say it's, uh, well, probably slightly simpler than the... Uh, then they're the streaming the TV thing because there's no extra equipment involved, really. There's just a Pi um, and yeah. a PC mm -hmm. with Steam running. Um, so, yeah, it may be a little bit more complicated with the commands. I'm not sure. No, but looking at that, no, it looks, yeah, it's easy. It's even easier. Mm. If, if anything, if, you know, if you can believe it, it's even easier to stream games to a Raspberry Pi across your home network. And all, really all you need to make sure you do is that one of the devices, either computer or the Pi, is connected via Ethernet. And if you're using wireless, is not to have either device too far from your router, unless you've got Absolutely. a Peter set up, yeah. But you know, you can be sat there playing, uh, I'm trying to think of a great Steam game. 
What's that game with the cars? What's that game with the cars? Rocket League. You could be playing Rocket League, running on your PC, playing it in your living room, two-player. Yes, that's uh, that, that, that's that's a real beauty, and uh, and a small part of me died in somebody said, "What's the game with the cars?" <laughs> then I realised you were talking about Rocket League, and then I real and then I put more hours into that game, I think, than any other. So. me right there I, I i don't know how this is completely off topic but i have no idea why i love rocket uh, league so much because i don't like racing games particularly and i don't like football games particularly but rocket league i've put in over a thousand hours <laughs> how we, where, where does that come from God anyway knows. we have got off topic <laughs> slightly, yeah but uh <laughs> yes so yeah another example now you've got a few uh, ideas of uh, raspberry pi topics you've talked about and we, we, we've talked about how i mean there's an article coming live on make com this week in which i Look at how I used a Raspberry Pi 3B plus, so the most recent version, a little bit tweaked from the 3B, and so a little bit more powerful, um, as a desktop computer. Mm. And I used it for editing, I used it for writing, I used it for editing images, all make use of .com tasks, basically. Uh, the only thing I didn't use it for was recording last week's really useful podcast. Yes. Uh, so... It, it it does a lot. It, it's so flexible. Now, you've got an example of um, how you can go more into the hobbyist direction with the Raspberry Pi. Yeah, uh, there's one particular. I mean, there's there, there's a few um, there's a few articles that I've written over the years that um, that I think we don't, don't need to dwell on. But maybe towards the end of the show, I can uh, I might list them off just to really give an idea about how you can use this for so many things. But the one that um, I wrote uh, a few years ago now it was in 2016. Which um, the article itself, I kind of put together almost as something a bit lighthearted. And the article is called Play Your Own Theme Tune When You Enter the Room with the Raspberry Pi. Um, and the article does more or less what it says on the tin. Um, I set up a reed switch, which is a small uh, switch with a magnet inside. Or to put it more specifically, it's a small switch that listens out, you know, if there's a magnet nearby. So uh, when the magnet is there, um, it sends out one signal. When the magnet isn't, it sends out another. Um, and you probably, uh, if you have a, 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 an alarm system of a certain age, you're probably familiar with these because these are the things that go on your windows and doors that uh, detect if it gets opened. Um, and this particular article used that same technology with some very simple coding and um, a speaker plugged into the Raspberry Pi to make it so that when you walk into the room, it'll play uh, a tune. Um, but the main reason I sort of wanted to mention it is because to me, this highlights exactly what the Raspberry Pi is fantastic at which is um, you're learning how to use the GPIO pins, which stands for General Purpose uh, Input-Output Pins. They are, uh, that, that links your desktop, it's, it's a little bit like linking your desktop computer um, with the outside world, with electronics. Um, as Christian mentioned before, in electronics kits, they're used for uh, turning on lights, turning off lights with switches. It teaches you about coding and electronics at the same time. And this one, quite silly project, which anyone can follow, is exactly the same thing you need to learn the basics of hardware security. Uh, and when I say security, I mean this is how they build your alarm systems. This is how they build uh, security systems in large-scale places, just obviously with a bit more complexity. Now, would I say build your own alarm system? Probably not. I don't think your insurers would like that very much. Mm -hmm. But for a, a starting project, which is both practical uh, and uh, is good for all ages to learn, this is a very good one. Um, and uh, of course, as Christian says, it will be linked in the show notes. Um, and I, I do have a, a couple of others I can whip over without going into much detail if we have time, Christian. Sure, yeah, we've got time. 
Excellent. Well, um, uh, what, uh, out of the other ones that I thought were just worthy of mention, um, okay. is uh, the, uh, Alexa and Google Home are things that um, are quite ubiquitous these days. A lot of people have them. A lot of people use a home assistant. Um, what um, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that the assistants themselves aren't necessarily the box you have in the home. That's um, the hardware, but the assistant is just a piece of software. Um, both Alexa and Google Home are uh, software that you can put on a Raspberry Pi yourself and use. Uh, you don't need any particularly fancy equipment. Um, I wrote an article as to how to make your own Google Home, and um, all it actually required was a speaker and a microphone. I happen to use an old webcam because it has a microphone built in. Um, and it has all the same functionality as, as the Google Home. You leave it in the corner. If you want to ask what the weather is, you ask it the weather. Um, and this can also be done with uh, Alexa. I haven't written a tutorial on it yet, and I'm wondering why. I wonder if someone else already has, and that's why I haven't done it. Um, but so, yeah, that's one thing. Uh, home assistance, you can do that on the Raspberry Pi. Uh, machine learning is the new hotness. Uh, it's very complicated. I know a little bit when it comes to coding, and it's still way above me. Again, uh, machine learning is something that can be done in a, a small capacity on the Raspberry Pi. Again, attach a camera. It can recognize faces and objects. Uh, yep. And finally, um, there was just a, a, a one particular article that jumped out to me while we were recording this because you were talking about working with your uh, with your son. Um, there is a fantastic visual programming language called Scratch, and um, Scratch allows people to make code using blocks, um, so they don't have to learn any of the syntax. And um, it works with built-in animations so that you can use these blocks of code to make things happen on the screen, make little games, things like that. Um, again, I wrote an article called Getting Started with Scratch on the Raspberry Pi that teaches you how to use Scratch on the Raspberry Pi and also uh, has a very basic electronics component to it so that when the cat in the game reaches a certain point, the light in real life will turn on. Um, and all of these things will be in the show notes. I just wanted to whip over them quickly because the Pi can do so many things that, uh, I, yeah, to dwell on any one would take too long. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, there is a useful article which I will include in the show notes, which has like 20 favorite Raspberry Pi projects, which will probably yes. expand uh, over time. But one of the ones that I did uh, some time ago now, and this is illegal, uh, because it's slightly to um, breach your local laws. However, mm. if you can do it in a remote area where there is no uh, chance of you interfering with broadcasts, then you should be able to do it without arousing the attentions of the authorities. And that is using the Raspberry Pi as an FM transmitter. Mm, yes. Uh, now, I'm, I, I think I may have read that more recent versions can't do this, so you'd need to look into it. The show notes to the um, my tutorial for this uh, will be in, uh, of the guide will be included in the show notes. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it may be that some versions can't actually do this. Uh, but basically, you can you know you connect an antenna to one of the GPIO pins, and then you um, configure the Raspberry Pi to play music or broadcast. Um, some uh, an mp3 file basically and it will it will broadcast and you can pick it up about 50 to 100 meters away mm -hmm. which is quite good yeah that's uh i mean I, I, do you know what that reminds me of um the immediate thing that reminds me of is when i had uh when i had my first car it was a, a junker completely falling apart even the tape player didn't work so i got one of those tiny little fm transmitters that you plug into an mp3 player 
Oh and right. As yeah. soon as he said that, for some reason, I kind of thought, I mean, it would be. I feel like it might be slightly overkill to use a, a Raspberry Pi just for that. <laughs> but uh, but it, it, I got big nostalgia for my horrible uh, horrible first car. <laughs> <laughs> I I know a guy who, and this is a long going back a long time ago, and I don't really know him now. Um, but I used to know a guy who couldn't afford an amp mm. for his guitar. Mm. So what he did was connect the guitar lead to the record player arm <laughs> and then right. output through the record player speakers that's that's something special <laughs> i yeah I'm, I'm i'm mildly i don't even know how that works <laughs> it's, uh, it had an interesting sound yeah um, yeah it's it was very kind of um distorted and overdriven it sounded okay it was good enough for bedroom stuff but uh, yeah yeah, we're getting off topic there. Anyway, we so, are somewhat. We do that. Yeah, like, yeah, we do. We do tend to do that. Um, it, it, yeah. So as I mentioned, I mean, when I did that uh, FM radio thing, uh, FM broadcasting, that was uh, I, I tried that outdoors yep. briefly for about five minutes uh, to uh, establish whether it worked or not. And yeah, it did work, and it was amazing. And particularly so because I'd always wanted to my own radio station, and there I had it for a few minutes. I got bored. So yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a low-powered device. The Raspberry Pi run off a portable battery as well, like the sort of thing that you can uh, power your phone with when you're out in the field, just to quickly recharge your phone. Yeah. So um, that makes it great for outdoor projects. And uh, our, our colleague Ben Stockton has um, compiled a list of outdoor projects for the Raspberry Pi. Link is in the show notes. Uh, is there anything that stands out for you in this, Ian? I mean, the whenever there's uh, things to do with using things outdoors there's uh, there's always the the kind of you've always got to ask yourself the question what out of these things is actually useful and what's being done for the sake of it not that there's anything wrong with that it's great to have the kind of hobby outdoor things and the thing about this list that really gets me is that everything on this list is incredibly cool and it's either a way of doing it cheaper than it would cost for high-end hardware um or kind of the only way to do it um the one that really grabs me which i think is fantastic is uh that someone used a waterproof uh, waterproof case to uh, uh turn the pie into an underwater vehicle um and this is so uniquely something that the raspberry pi is suited for because the raspberry pi will work with a camera and um, as we've touched on before the general purpose input output pins mean that the raspberry pi can be used to control motors servos robots basically um, and yeah, number three on this list is a remotely operated underwater vehicle. Now there's a, a video here of some of the footage, which is amazing, um, really. Um, and by the same token, if you, uh, again, this sort of uh, jumps into the legality side of things, you want to make sure you're definitely allowed to do this. But if you've ever wanted to make your own space vehicle, um, if you want, if you have a high altitude balloon lying around or you know where to get one, uh, the Raspberry Pi can be the perfect thing to not only take pictures, but to have some uh, interactivity. Uh, for example, it, you could use a servo attached to the general purpose input output pins to cut the Pi off when it reaches a certain altitude. And so it can fall back to Earth and you can retrieve your footage. Um, yeah, this particular article, if you are uh, qu quite inspired, uh, uh, much more DIY minded and want to actually get your hands dirty and make something, uh, there's some, yeah, there's some great things here. Was there anything particular that you uh, uh, that out of it that you kind of thought, oh, I might uh, I might have a go at that? Well, yeah, there's the weather station things there because uh, my little boy's kind of interested in the weather and stuff. But yeah. the garden, I uh, came very close to 
working towards something like this a few years ago. Um, yes. And it, it, it fell through. We, we basically decided we weren't going to keep mm-hmm. an allotment any longer. But, I mean, if I had the space in my back garden and I had the time to invest into setting it up, mm. uh, you know, we, we, we had... Um, we had carrots and cauliflowers and parsnips and uh, courgettes and all sorts growing for quite some time. Though we had, did have a massive slug problem. Yeah, uh, yeah cause you, that tends to happen. But of um, course, yeah. yeah, and potatoes. Potatoes weren't so good because of the, the soil around here. But uh, generally speaking, yeah, I mean, we, we enjoyed doing that. And uh, so if I had the garden space for it and the time to, to set this up, then I would really like to have a, a farming bot, basically. I think so cool yeah farm but is uh is, is is quite an interesting one because there's there's no shortage of um of automated garden uh of things i mean since pretty much since this has become a big kind of hobby electronics thing uh in, in terms of both raspberry pi and arduino people have been using it to uh control gardens for auto watering plants um, one of the classic, uh, really kind of viral early DIY home projects was uh, the self-watering chili plant. Um, and I think everyone that's worked in the DIY uh, uh, department to make use of as a writer has at some point decided they were going to have a crack at this. And for various reasons, uh, uh, we uh, it's very hard to get a large scale thing going. I mean, my excuse was I, I, live, uh, I lived on the fourth floor of a city block. <laughs> but um, yeah. but no, the, the, difference with, um, the difference with FarmBot, uh, just just for clarity, this the general idea of this is that you set this thing up and as long as you give it water, um, it will test test your soil. It will uh, check the plants. Some of them even use uh, recognition to see if the plants are looking good and it will water your plants for you. That's the yeah. general idea. Uh, Farmback goes a bit further. They printed their, all their own kit. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a proper kit that could be put together by anyone. Um, and uh, I, you know, I'd love to get my hands on uh, on one of these actually at some point when we uh, when we have the allotment again, so I can test it because uh, everything from um, it's got everything from kind of uh, runners uh, which uh, kind of can move things up and down across uh, the allotment rather than having to have lots of different things all over the place. It's, it seems really well put together. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it is. I mean, it, it is quite stunning, mm-hmm. and. You know, we, we, we're talking about Raspberry Pi here. We're talking about credit card piece, um, credit card size computer. Uh, yeah. I, I've seen no reason why Raspberry Pi Zero couldn't be doing this. We're actually talking about a computer that's half the size of that, controlling an entire outdoor gardening robot. The sort of thing that you know, 15 years ago, you probably wouldn't even put a PC in charge of, and now. Mm for various reasons notably i suppose the power requirements and yet it can all be powered and certainly controlled by this little 35 dollar computer yeah and you know i mean that's absolutely i mean that you know the the aim of this week's um podcast is really to just extol the virtues of the raspberry pi if you if you know you may have heard of it you may have heard someone talking about it maybe they've got them at your kid's school or whatever it's just to underline that, yeah, it is a, it does look complicated on the face of it. It's a credit card size computer that comes without a case, um, uh, with port showing, with wires showing, well, not wires, with um, with connectors showing, with, you know, you can see the, the 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 system on a chip, CPU, RAM, GPU, all in one, just staring at you there, and it looks maybe it looks a little bit intimidating if you're. Mm not au fait with computers but you know stick it in a case connect a keyboard via usb connect connect a, 
uh, HDMI monitor, and you've you've got yourself a PC on a budget, and yeah. it does so much more than that. Yep, it's uh, it's it's a truly beautiful piece of kit, and uh, there's a reason why um, not only we wanted to do an episode on this, but that I definitely wanted to be on it <laughs> because we're uh, yeah we're 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 both definitely uh, we're both definitely converts. Um, I, I, I'm very interested to see the thing that you talked about with uh, using it as a desktop, actually, because that's something I've considered in the past, um, just just out of convenience, just so that I could have something that I could literally clip onto the back of a monitor yeah, yeah. and then have a, a, a wireless keyboard and mouse, which I use uh, when I can't be uh, bothered to get my mechanical one out because I'm, you know, at, at the minute I'm sort of between flats, so I'm not always set up. Sure. And um, it's, a, it's a truly, yeah, it's a truly wonderful little thing. Um one thing that I want to literally touch on and move on, because if we don't, I know that both of us could talk about this for the length of another podcast. But just one final thing, if you were in any doubt that the Raspberry Pi isn't the coolest thing in the world, if you want to play any games that you love from the last 20 years, oh. also, there is an entire operating system for the Raspberry Pi called RetroPie that you install exactly the same way as we said at the start of this show. And then when you boot it up, as long as you have the ROMs, which you'll need to work out how to get legally or illegally, but we wouldn't recommend that, um, uh, you can play games from the NES, the SNES, Sega Genesis, the Master System, Atari, Commodore 64, PlayStation, N64, and uh, yeah, you can have an all-in-one retro gaming system. Uh, one of my pies does that and that alone, uh, because it is the retro game box Absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't argue with that. And, you know, we've got this far, and you've just mentioned that, so we should also mention Cody, which we kind of alluded to earlier, but we've not actually specifically mentioned Cody. Cody will run on the Raspberry Pi. There are, I think, three versions, three operating systems that will um, that come with Cody, but you can install mm. Cody separately as well on top of um, your preferred operating system on the Raspberry Pi, which if you've gone for the default option, that's called Raspbian. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Cody will uh, let you stream video to your TV uh, from the internet. Um, I, I mentioned this because when I, the very first Raspberry Pi I had, which was the original Model B, I actually uh, installed Kodi on it and connected it via HDMI to my TV. And then I used uh, Velcro hook and loop mm. fastener to attach the Raspberry Pi to the back of my TV, as you yep. suggested earlier, just yeah, keep that's... everything tidy, you know. That's a great. That's a. It's a great way of doing it. It's a great idea. I've. Uh, I've. I've sort of idly uh, thought about the idea of uh, seeing if I can find a cheap enough touchscreen to do that and make my almost make myself a, a kind of budget tablet. Just to well, stick it's funny the you back, should you know? say that because I'm actually in the middle of building one. Hey, I did. Oh, that's. I look forward to reading that one then. Fantastic. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I. Um, because I don't have a three D printer. I. Uh, I, I just run those three three D printing services to yeah. produce the um, case. Uh, so yeah, I've uh, I just haven't put it together yet, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's on the cards. It should be along quite soon, hopefully. Oh, well, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's looking forward to reading about that when it's done. Yeah, so the Raspberry Pi, you can do loads of things with it. I think we're going to um, move towards closing this week's uh, really useful podcast. However, I'm going to ask Ian, and then he can ask me, uh, what is your favourite Raspberry Pi project? Oh, that is a very difficult one to say. I think. I think for me, and once again, I don't have the link in front of me. Um, I can find it and put it, and we can put it in the show notes. Um, it isn't one of ours because the scope of it is so large. But I think my favorite Raspberry Pi project is uh, it is a home automation project. 
And it is someone who has combined so many of these things. It is a Google Home uh, SDK installed onto a Raspberry Pi. And all the GPIO pins are being used to, uh, one of them is connected, I think, to his coffee machine. One of them is connected to his door. One of them is connected to his lights. Um, at 7 a.m. every morning, the lights go on, the coffee machine starts by himself, and the Google SDK starts reading him the news and the weather for the day. Um, and if he wants wow. a bit more sleep, he can tell it to shut up, and everything pauses <laughs> for half an hour. Um, there are many, many projects that are along those lines, but this one particular fella um, has, has really done a beautiful job. Um, and I believe he uses um, Blink, which is one of the many web services that allow you to build your own smart home automation things. And I've used Blink a bit in the past. Um, and if you are looking for starting out with home automation, you don't want to worry about your own coding. I'd suggest looking, it's Blink with a Y, B-L-Y-N-K. Um, and I, I'm not affiliated with them or anything. I've just I've used a bunch of these tools. And this one's fairly simple to get started with. It's an app for your phone that connects to your Raspberry Pi. And I believe he uses that in his system too. So, Christian, what Ooh, is your favorite project God. for the Pi that you have come across? I would think this is a very difficult question to answer. I think, I don't know if I have an actual, actual favor that I have done. And the radio station thing was cool. Uh, I, um, you know, streaming video, very cool. Streaming games, very cool. I think, you know, there's one that I want to do, and I think that's probably the best one that I've come across, which is the, the with the um, the weather balloon space program. Yes, yeah, I, that's you know that's really amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that was one of the first projects I ever saw with the Raspberry Pi as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, you can, you know, I've, a few years ago I got sent when I was um, I was writing an article for a Linux user and developer mm. magazine, and they sent me a robot that connects up to a Raspberry Pi. Mm. Uh, with you know, f like a wheeled robot with four motors or two motors for each wheel, is it four, four servers? But anyway, it was each wheel was individually controlled, and mm. that was a very, very, very cool thing. Um, and you know, you could see the possibilities of that straight away. But you mm. know, just attaching a Raspberry Pi to a weather balloon, sending it into near space orbit. Um, yeah. It's that's getting your yeah. own your own pictures of near near orbit must be an incredible feeling. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean that stuff, you know, they were spending billions of dollars on doing that sixty mm. years ago. Mm. And now you can do it for I I don't know how much a weather balloon is. I imagine yeah. it can all be done for under a hundred quid. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I, 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 I'm gonna have to look into that because if that is the case, that's something again that's going on the list to do with the boy when he's old enough. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you've got your own space program right there. That's how the space yeah. program started, sending things up with a balloon. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's probably it's probably that. Uh, now we are, as you probably know by now, and if you don't, then tell other people. The tech podcast for technophobes. And we've tried in this week's show to relate the great things about the Raspberry Pi, which looks like it's complicated, but is deadly simple and yet has considerable power um, in many ways beyond what you can do with a PC, because it's not a simple job to, you know, connect LEDs and uh, home automation systems to your, your laptop, because there's very little place you can connect it to on most PCs either. So, you know, this this is a powerful little device that costs, you know, 
a fraction of the price of a PC and can do many of the things that a PC can do. Yeah. We are available on iTunes and Spotify and on Google Podcasts and pretty much anywhere where you can get a podcast. So uh, please, um, if you think you feel that we've uh, been of benefit to you, tell people. If you think you know someone that we can benefit, then give them the link and share us on social media, on Facebook. Um, and if you've got any, um, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be fantastic as well. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new, really useful podcast. This has been our very first kind of uh, focused, topical, uh, one topic, I should say, uh, podcast on the Raspberry Pi. We are the really useful podcast from makeuseof.com. Until next week, it's goodbye from us. Take care, folks. Bye-bye.